I think this is a good time to to be myself, but I was just such an angry person. Such an angry person, like, yeah. And doing kind of like content that's non-angry or whatever was just weird to me. It was just like, how can I tell people to listen to my music when I'm like, the music industry sucks and, you know. Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to T-shirts to hats and even slides, go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. All right. There we go. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. We are back. It is a new year, uh, and we've got the one and only damn boy, that came through. Uh, super nice, excited to speak with with the great, uh, the the talented singer. He's a songwriter, producer. Uh, you can do it all, man. And you've had uh, some really good uh, traction come over over the past year. Your one last time, she, her, hers also came out, and then your I orchestral version also came out last year, man. So yeah, you got some real good momentum. So it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks, dude. Yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy year last year. I feel like for everyone. What made it feel so crazy when you look back on it? Um, well, I think for artists, because uh, you know, during the lockdowns here in America, it I feel like last year was everyone kind of getting out of it and kind of like reassessing life a little bit and just going with the flow of things. You know, kind of being normal again, like. And I think this year is going to be a lot better. I think we everyone's on their feet. You know, everyone's kind of grounded and knows what they want. But for me last year, I mean, the I technically only dropped two songs last year, um, which is kind of crazy for a music career to just drop two songs. But the I song was more of a remix. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I was I needed time to find my sound, you know. So I, I spent a lot of last earlier of last year and a little bit of the year before that just to kind of like find my groove again. It's really interesting when you say that you were trying to find your sound. I mean, obviously you had a fan base before last year. Yeah. So you had people who followed your career, who are fans of your career. I mean, you did things like, you know, open up for Ja Rule, Nelly. So <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. interesting when you say to me, like, I had to try and find my sound. What was that? process for you and why did you feel at that time you needed to find your sound yeah you know um little you know a little background i'm from hawaii so my first ever single and still my biggest song to date was a reggae pop song and you know that got on the radio and it hit billboard hit like 96 on billboard so that song always kind of like you know i'm grateful for that song but like you know i was trying to move forward genre-wise and career-wise and that just kind of was a big shadow and of some sort and um it took some time especially for you know, streaming and stuff for my algorithm to change because i kind of switched sounds like like a year after that so- song dropped and took some time I, I you know discovered myself i did some edm things collabs and stuff but um yeah i i think for me algorithmically for streaming and just for myself like the reason why I say find myself because I can write anything. Like I, I write K-pop on the side. I write for other people. You know, I love all music. So like you know, if this world was like not in a, like a box, everything's kind of boxed in some way. But like I would do everything. I would do a metal song. I would do like a jazz song. But you know, I I, I had to like regroup and be like, okay, what is Dambo? What do I want to do? What excites me? And then I got to this point where I'm at now. Yeah. I mean, it's always interesting that like as an artist, you're trying to continue finding yourself of like yeah. you're just trying to figure out who am I and what sound am I trying to represent at this point in my life? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's a to me, it's a constant it's a constant journey. 
because if not if it's you know if you're not always searching and seeking what's the point right but i think you know a lot of successful artists especially in this time like you also have to find the niche and i to me i felt like i never had my niche you know i think my niche is my voice because everything anything that i sing on sounds like me um but you know i'm really into production and songwriting so i had to find what my niche is and there's so much music now like how do i stand out you know how do i i love a lot of eclectic music too so how how can i be as eclectic as i can while also being you know i want to be mainstream as well so like how do i balance those two things together and create something like good and unique have you come up with an answer to that question or i'm assuming you have based on the fact that you've got a sound now and you're releasing yeah. music but yeah i mean it's probably going to change and you know this year i'm going to do other things but for now like um so i've been working on my project um never ending unknown i've had that title for years <laughs> like just sitting on this is like oh it's going to be an ep and now it's going to be you know i think i'm just going to make it an album but um i've kind of come to the conclusion last year and this year of like okay like the uniqueness of what's going on. I, I kind of predicted that like boom bap would come back like really strongly. And, you know, you had the Doge cat song paint the town red and, you know, like you have Benny the butcher coming back up and like all these, like, you know, boom bap hip hop artists are, are doing really well. And I was like, well, when I think about boom bap, I think about rapping over it or R and B singing. I don't ever really think about pop, right? Like pop writing, pop singing, and the only one that I can really remember is Dido with Eminem, you know, um, with Stan. And so I'm like, okay, well, this this area is kind of like undiscovered-ish, you know. And what I mean is like Boom Bap, it's like not, you know, I, there's, there's songs out there with pop singing that, that have a Boom Bap kind of drums, but like not really Boom Bap, like, you know, like, I don't know. There's a difference, but um, yeah, that's kind of the niche I'm going with. It's just Boom Bap with... Um, pop writing, ballads, and, you know, other things too, but that's mainly it. Yeah. I've, I have always wondered, though, that, like, hip-hop beats, I mean, they're my favorite beats personally. I've always yeah. been a fan of, like, just the there's something about the sampling, there's something about the way they get them. And, and I think now more than ever, the line between a hip-hop beat and a normal beat is, like, or a, or a pop beat is kind of blurred. Like, I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. Paint the Town yeah. Red, that could be, that is easily rappable. Like, you can easily yeah. rap over it or you can yeah. easily sing over it. And so it's a fine yeah. line to me of, like, the evolution of music is, like, I would not, I feel like genres are blending more and yeah. more and specifically hip-hop and pop. I feel like hip-hop is such an influence and such a power now in the music genre that it is mm. naturally gravitating towards you know, being the the most popular genre of music. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you know, hip hop is dominated for so long, um, but I think because of that, all the genres blending. I think it's best to have elements that are very, very um, traditional. That sounds funny. It's like to be unique now is like to go back, right? Since that's what I'm trying to do. Like with she, her, hers. Like you know, I took a lot of influence from like like you know wu-tang or even like immortal technique like beats and stuff and just kind of like really stayed true to like being as minimal as i can with like just drums bass piano just some strings in the back and me singing you know kind of like as stripped as i can be with one last time um my friend noel is on there so he's like a edm artist producer so i was like okay how can i take boom bap and like elevate it with EDM and, and I've never really heard a lot of like traditional boom bap with EDM production, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you said that like, you know, you, you're trying to find your niche and it's interesting because yeah. it's like, I'm, I, I've always been a believer you're a creator and mm -hmm. you're an artist and you should just make yeah. whatever the hell you want to make. And so there's a part of me that's like, you're trying to find your niche and you're trying to find your lane. And in a way, by finding your lane, you almost limit yourself by by yeah. going, hey, yeah. I don't make that music because I've yeah. decided this is what's going to make me stand out. But yeah, I don't know. It's a really weird place to be in where like now 
everyone is looking for that unique competitive advantage in the hyper-competitive music industry. And as you said, more musicians than ever before. The barrier for entry is non-existent. Like you literally can just get a mic for a hundred bucks and you can make your own beats on a computer for free. And all of a sudden you've got a song. So it's just this really weird dynamic now that musicians are not making music that is like very, it has to be super intentional. That's what yeah. really fascinates me is like super intentional, yeah. super genre specific. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think a lot of musicians, we all go through the the whole like, oh, you know, it's unfair in the industry. But like, you know, I, th I think I've like overcome it to like, you know, at the end of the day, you can't be competing with anyone, right? Like it's it's just, I like, it's just not healthy spiritually and creatively. So, you know, for me, yeah, I have to put myself in a box because like I said, like I can write anything. Like literally I can write anything. And like, if I don't put myself in the box, I don't have a niche, which I don't have a clear product. It's music business, right? So like, you know, like McDonald's can't sell furniture. Like they sell fries and burgers. So, you know, Yet. I had to do that to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> technically they're they're a realty company. Yeah. <laughs> but, let's be honest. All those companies, they become bigger and bigger and bigger and yeah. they start to sell lifestyle brand and it becomes a whole brand. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, it started with fries and, and a burger and shake, right? So that's what you know I'm having to do. Like, you know, again, like I have so much demos that are not even in my genre, like, you know. Who knows i could do a side project but like just for damn boy i i needed to like hone it in a little bit and find something unique and yeah you know i i don't i write songs but for me like if i'm gonna release something it's like a movie like you know like if i'm watching a movie it has to be cohesive you know i don't care what anyone says people don't listen to albums i listen to albums and everyone else should be because it's art like you know yeah, I agree I with you. People put time into it. Like people put time into things and you can tell, you can hear it, you know, you can hear how much effort people put into it. Sometimes songs come out like that, you know, and, and they become hits and that's, that's cool. You know, I just, for me, I'm not trying to write a hit. If I write a hit, it becomes a hit, you know? Yeah. I agree with you though. I think albums are a lost art form. Like I just genuinely think that, there is something to the story of an album. And to be honest, every iconic artist has a banger of an yeah. album. And if they yeah. don't, then they don't go down in time as one of the best. They just, because it's yeah. like, it's the one thing you can't do. Like if you can just release singles, that's great. You make singles, but yeah. there is, there's like the apex of creativity to have a project of work that is so cohesive that matches and is consistently fantastic throughout the whole project and yeah. the work that it goes into it, the thought that goes into it is at a different level as opposed to just one song that you release that blows up. Yeah, I agree. And you know, the funny thing is, it, but it takes the singles for people to actually go to the album. It, you know, it, it's like a, it's a full circle, you know, like you need to have it all. And what's crazy too is, um, within an album you can't have every song that sound like a single it just it's not healthy it's your mind gets too i don't know you know it's too much like you well, do well, it's need like the in a movie cuts. as you said yeah. like you need the building to the apex yeah. point of like you know the character arc of what's happening in the story you need the all is lost moment you, you can't yeah. have an action movie where it's action from the first yeah. second to the last second, you kind of need yeah. some narrative in there that makes the payoff of the action worth it. It's the contrast of it that is actually key. So I agree with you, man. I think that is an underrated belief. Yeah, you can't have like a Michael Bay explosion every minute. Because <laughs> you're like, what am I watching at some point? Yeah, yeah. You're just like, what? Oh. The, what's the point of this? It's too much. It's an hour of just explosions like this just yeah. cannot be the case yeah 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 so yeah i mean you know i'm just i'm trying my best and just trying to be different and and, and fall in love with what i'm doing and 
that's basically it. But I'm, you know, I'm I'm doing more collabs this year too. I I haven't really actually done a lot of collabs in general. So, yeah. Why haven't you done many collabs? It's because I can do it myself. But, um, you know, it's it's just fun to collab with other artists. You know, and business wise too, it brings your numbers up. You know. But before, like you know, I'm I'm honing my, in my sound. I'm I'm learning how to do this and that, and it just takes time, you know. Like I think in this time of like everything's rushed, right? You, know, you see an ad, it's like, oh, learn how to produce now, <laughs> or like get rich now, you know. So it's yeah, it's just a lot of growing, and you know, I me collabing with other people this year would definitely help me grow as an artist, my numbers, and all those things, you know. How do you feel about the? the now kind of mentality of like get this now get great quickly now like how does that make you feel as someone especially as someone who's been honing their craft for a long period of time like what do you think about that mindset of the now mindset yeah you know honestly i wish when i was like growing up and learning guitar and and such you know i did have platforms that we learned on my own but like you know, there's things that like, it's insane, you know, kids can learn like, quick, like, and, and nothing is wrong with it. But I think, you know, the now movement, and like, you can do it like, you know, grind, it, it's healthy, but there's unhealthy aspects to it as like, you know, they tell you, they, they show you the big picture, but they don't show you each paintbrush and each stroke it takes to, to get to that point, you know, and I think people learn, you know, I mean, Production is one thing. You can't rush production. You know, you could, you could go on splice and put all those loops together. That's fine, but that's not production. Like you'll learn production when you hear, you compare your work with other people. You know, and um, it's positive and toxic at the same time. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just, I, I have always believed in like the thousand hours required to yeah. become a master at your craft. And yeah. there's, you can't really, because time is an unquantified, like time is the investment. It is like, yeah. how long am I willing to work yeah. at this to be the best at it? I, yeah. Like, and if you're not willing to put in time into the thing, then it's like, well, do you really want it? Like, you, if you couldn't do it now, would you do it? If it, if yeah. you, but if it was a guarantee, if you could say, if you did this for five years and you worked at it and it was guaranteed to happen, would you do it versus if you could have the option of get the quick fix, but it'll never happen. I reckon people will still go the quick fix. The delayed gratification yeah. piece is a, is one of the pieces that like is the difficult part for a lot of people to grasp. Yeah, I think, you know, with social media, it opens up the possibility of doing anything, right? Like you see influence, influencers becoming movie stars and TV and or dancers or whatever, you know, which is, it's not a bad thing, but it, it does create a rush of like, hey, this person did that with one video. <laughs> like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's insane. But yeah, you will eventually see who's an artist and who's not an artist, right? I, I've been playing guitar ever since I was a kid and, you know, writing songs and blah, blah, blah. Like to me, music. Yeah. I'm trying to make a career, a, su a successful career out of music, but to me, it's more than just a career. It's, it's me. It's my lifestyle. Like I have to write, I have to make music, right? That's the difference, you know? Um, and I think in the music industry, it's, it's so broad. Like I, I can't really, you know, you have artists like, like that, actually make their own stuff and then you have big artists that get songs from other people like it's it's hard to it's really hard to gauge but for what i want i want to make my own stuff i want to be an artist i want to be hands-on i want to have a legacy that people respect and be and know that i made my music you know um i think yeah i mean if you look back at all the artists that we really really love most of them wrote all their stuff you you know you watch those documentaries of them making it and and that's what I want. Like, I want that, you know, I don't want my biography to, or biopic to be like, yeah, I got that song from somebody and this song from somebody. And it's just, yeah, that's not what I want. You know, those artists just won't have biopics or they will just claim all the songs themselves. I mean, 
again to each his own but like i just don't understand when an artist is like the song really means a lot to me and there's 20 writers on it i i just don't you know to each his own again you know music is collaborative but like to me like i can't really connect to a song if there's like even if there's four other writers on like that's like you know yeah i mean i can't really grapple with one other writer like for me hip-hop being my genre of like it is built off writing and so if you put away your pen and you're like hey i know and i and i've said this before i get it because at some point you're like it is more difficult for me to sit by myself and figure it out than it is for me to get other people to do it for me i come in i add my layer to it and then i can quickly record it and bring out projects i get it on a business sense I mean, to me, if I, if I'm going to collaborate with somebody through writing, I'm going to collaborate with them because they bring something that I can't, or like, I don't say can't do, but like it, they just bring something new. But if I'm writing something personal, I try not to have anyone on it. Like I, I mostly write all my own stuff, you know. But again, to each his own. I'm just saying that's that's what I would like, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're much nicer than I am. I'm just like. Hey, you cannot claim these songs are yours when there are writers on it. Because, I mean, everybody knows that there are people who don't credit writers in the tracks. And then they will come out and say, I wrote this. And it's like, well, no, you didn't stop pretending there. I mean, any almost anyone on a big label that is successful, those labels are not going to take a risk. They don't know what the hell you're going to write, so they're going to guarantee they've got writers on staff. They're going to make sure that they're going to have a say, that they have some direction, some control in the output that's coming. Like, very rarely do they are they going to be like, "Here you go, fingers crossed for the next twelve months," and then they have to approve everything you're going to release. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, like I think, like you said, like with especially with hip hop, like you know, a lot of people. Or the tradition of hip hop is like the rapper wrote it, you know. Um, and when you get into pop, it gets a little, it gets a little blurred. But like again, to each his own. Like I feel like, and th- I'm just talking about myself because like I know that I write music that resonates with me, and hopefully it resonates with other people. But with pop music, it's a little different because when you have when you do have the 20 people in the room, they're not trying to write a personal song; they're trying to write an anthem that everyone can relate to i know that what i write to not everyone's going to relate to you know so it's a i guess it's a different goal especially in hip-hop like you know there is different writings now there is the you know the songs that are very personal and then there are the songs that are anthems it's just kind of like you know different writing i guess but i'm just i'm just speaking just for myself do you enjoy writing for other people yeah, it's fun. It's easy. You know, I get to dive into a different genre. Yeah. Especially K-pop. K-pop is like five genres in one song. <laughs> it's kind of nuts. Yeah. It's interesting that you fun. say it's easy. What makes it easy? It's easy to make something. It's not easy to make something like amazing. Sometimes it happens easy. Sometimes it doesn't. But I, I you know, just, just making music is easy. Like just spinning melodies and writing words and, and creating is easy. But, you know, getting to a point where, you know, something is like a hit, it takes time, you know, it takes a lot of time, but it's fun. Yeah. Easy for you. Not, not so much for me. Oh, <laughs> I guess. Because <laughs> that's all I do, dude. You're, you're way better at talking and doing podcasts than I am. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, People have said, I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, hey, man, all I do is I just talk. That's talk exactly. and listen. It's, it's to me, to me, it's not that hard. I think it's intuitive. But yeah, once you've been doing it for a long time, I think you start to naturally settle into it and be like, I've got a rhythm to it. I've got a pace to it. I know yeah. where to kind of look in terms of my own creativity to be able to, to get what I need out of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could probably have a microphone and speak in front of people, and I can't. I can sing in front of people. That's so interesting because I'm the opposite. I yeah, I can for I sure. I can speak in front of people. Public speaking, I yeah. actually enjoy, but I cannot yeah. sing in front of people. 
Yeah, karaoke is not for me. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. It's so weird. It's the same thing, but it's not, right? I think it's it's a different level of vulnerability. Like yeah. it's you know, you've been crafting your your singing voice and your ability to perform in front of people your yeah. whole life. And essentially I've been doing the same, but in the complete opposite way, I've been crafting my speaking voice. So when yeah. I, when each of us are out there with the craft that we've been working on, it's like, hey, I'm confident enough to be like, I've been putting in the work to not be scared of what's about to happen. But on the flip yeah. side, if I the thing that I haven't worked on at all, it's like it exposes my flaws that I'm not ready to expose yet. Yeah, true. And then for me, if I sing off key and I forget the lyrics, <laughs> yeah. Well, I fuck up many words, my friend. I've fucked up people's oh, yeah. names on the show. Uh, I forget where I'm at half the time. So, yeah, yeah there's m- so many mistakes. I think you know, when I listen back, I definitely pick up the things that I would change every single time, yeah. every podcast that I ever have. I'm like, I would change that about my delivery. And then the feedback I get is, oh, you speak so eloquently. I'm like, I don't yeah. feel that way. I feel like there are lots of things I'd rather change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Who do you listen to in podcasts? Uh, so I actually try not to listen to people in my genre. I, mm. I, I like the to step outside and one of my favorite podcasts and I've been going back into the history is your mom's house. And it is a real kind of, it's a really big podcast, but it's like dark and funny. And it's Tom Segura and his wife, Christina oh. Pajitsky. Oh, okay. Okay. And they're I just, know, I didn't know that was the name of the podcast. Yeah. It, they're, they're so funny together. Like I'm yeah. on episode like 300 and something at the moment. Like they've got, 600 plus so i i went back and they've just got podcast after podcast of just those two talking to one another and it is so fascinating to me to not only see a husband and wife laugh and discover things about each other all the time but i find yeah. the relationship fascinating and i find just the i don't know it, it it's really cool that you could have someone you live with and that you love and that you still want to talk to all the time. Like that yeah. to me is the best is that I want to talk to you all day, every day. And I never want to shut the fuck up. And I always want to discover more about you. That makes me weird and cringe and all of the above. Yeah. There's a few podcasts of like fathers talking to their like children. Have you seen those? No, it's not. I mean, and the kids are young. The kids are like three years old, like, for you. that's crazy what are they yeah. like like what's the what is it um, have you listened to many so i i know two because i see them on like instagram a lot but so one of them during i think they got really big during the pandemic but it was this um i forget their names but it was a father and a daughter the daughter was really young like like could barely speak almost and you know it was more cute and funny and then there the other one that i've seen um, this father and son and I think the son was like probably five or six and the video was like basically the son telling the father how much he loves the father and that he's always been there for them like wow what? it's so reflective it's crazy yeah and yeah. the father's just sitting there trying not to cry yeah I don't know what that would be like I mean I've wondered what it would be like to just record my family members of just like hey let's do an episode of just us talking um, but yeah, I don't know. There's something, there's something about a microphone that being, brings it out in a weird way. Yeah. There's something different. It brings it. You feel like there's an audience. So you, you, you talk differently, which is kind of weird. I think you're in a weird way. You're more open. Yeah. 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 That's what I've found. I was, I've been yeah. surprised by how much people are willing to give when there's a microphone and then in private, they might. There's always like a part of them they're not going to give, but there's still intimate stories that I have heard on the show that yeah. I'm like, if you and I are virtually strangers, but you're yeah. comfortable enough to be able to share it, that also yeah. interests me. I think psychologically in our head, we're we're giving way to like some invisible platform. You know, it's even like, 
you know, if you're at an office job and like, you know, you talk to your coworkers, but then suddenly your coworker has to like give a speech to everybody in it. And then it changes. It's, it's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, I always had an idea for a podcast. I just don't have the time right now, but maybe when, when I have the time, but like to just talk to old people mm. of just like, and just ask them about their lives. Cause There's I have be had a lot of stories. <laughs> that's what I mean. Cause I have yeah. this theory that everyone has at least one story in them, like one yeah, really I, good I mean, story. At, at least, dude, at least. So yeah. it would be fascinating to me to listen to old people's lives, like what they've gone through and like, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think it's because so many people live at the same time as us, but we won't speak or communicate with any of them. Yeah. And so it's like, I wonder what they go through. I wonder what lives they live. I wonder what shit that they have experienced yeah. and wisdom that they've gained. And I'm just like, huh. It's like a weird existence. We're aware of everybody, but we'll never interact with them. Yeah. You know, all the elder age people that I've spoken to recently, like I've learned a lot and, you know, a lot of them grew up during, I'm Vietnamese and French. So, you know, some of them grew during the Vietnam war and I'm just like, bless you. Thank you. Um, and I'm, and I'm like, that's insane. Like, you know, like that you went through that. Like, I mean, even my family, like my, my dad and my mom came, like they're immigrants from the war and my dad has seen like people get shot and stuff, you know? So it's, yeah. Does he We're speak pretty about blessed, it? Man. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not like all day. I'm pretty sure when he hits like the older age, he might, he might just <laughs> always just tell old stories, but um, I've heard it here and there, you know, I think, uh, for Vietnamese people, they like to reminisce, but they also like to leave some, you know, it's trauma. It's like, I oh, will keep talking about trauma all the time, you know? Yeah. I think there was a time where for Vietnamese people, it was always about trauma and like war, but like, I think we're, they're, you know, kind of like moving forward. It's like, dude, okay, we're American now. And not like we're going to forget, but like, let's move forward, you know? Yeah. Has it been, has it left an indelible, Delible mark on you like can you feel the cultural uh vietnamese and french side on you as you move forward as you're like kind of carrying yourself you're obviously you know american but as yeah. you move forward can you feel the mark of like their histories and the history of your ancestors yeah so it's it's funny right i'm i'm from hawaii originally i'm born and raised mostly in hawaii I left to Vietnam actually around when I was eight. So I, I was American. I moved to Vietnam for five years. So I had the opposite experience than a lot of like Vietnamese people do. They're like, usually it's I'm Vietnamese and then I moved to America. So I got to live there. I got to experience it. Um, living in Hawaii, though, it's such a melting pot that, you know, you don't really feel like a minority or anything. You just kind of feel like, oh, you're in Hawaii and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I think as far as music, when it comes to music, um, you know, I never really cared about before. I never really cared about representing myself as a Vietnamese person. To me, it's like, oh, I'm a human being. I make music. But, you know, I think, like I said, putting myself in a box. I'm Vietnamese, so I have a different experience than another person would. So that is something I can showcase, you know. In myself so last year and this year I'm, I'm well i mean it's only been three days but last year i've um kind of reached out more to like my community uh whether if it's you know american vietnamese people or vietnamese people in um, vietnam um yeah so it's it's helped and it's changed me and um it took some time though because i think every like i'm first generation in my family so Same. i definitely had some like trauma from the war that like i didn't go to war but like my dad experienced it you know and that seeps into his dna and goes into mine and it's like you know that's, that's why i was such an angry kid growing up maybe i don't know yeah you know? did you feel angry as a kid oh hella dude i felt like i moved around so much too so like every year was kind of like a different school until i hit high school and i just kind of stayed okay but, wow like, every year yeah, every mostly every year before that was like different school, different school. So like, that's why I gravitated towards music so much because like I didn't really have a best friend that I could like hang out with all the time. So 
when I was a kid, it was like video games, music, uh, a lot of cartoons and anime. Basically, it. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm first generation as well uh, in my family. So, um, yeah, I think the the foreigner uh, mindset definitely is different. I've noticed of like having yeah. parents and relatives who are not who don't originate in the country that you're born is like, I can definitely recognize the difference in the way they view the world and in the past, like traumas that they've had to deal with and the past difficulties and how that influences the way they teach you life lessons and the way they teach you. Like for me personally, it's always been like, you have to go after it. No one gives you anything in this world. You have to go and work for it and take it and earn it. Like that is a a really big one from like the Eastern European thinking and like you don't deserve anything. Like no one deserves anything. That's it's like a weird thing. And then you hear the way people talk, and I'm like, huh, it's we just came from two different places. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think um, immigrant families have that like survival mentality, right? Um, especially Vietnamese people do. <laughs> it's great, you know. And I'm Asian, so it's like, hey, I want to do music. <laughs> They're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, in the beginning was was a very like there was some struggle with them to like understand what I was doing until I had like, I dropped my first song and that did really well on radio and they're like, Oh, okay. You know, but my parents still really still understand the music business, you know? Yeah. I don't well, even understand it as well, dude. It's crazy. It's I don't think anyone understands it. <laughs> it's like an ever evolving monster. It's, it's not. So like, I, like what, two years ago, three years ago, it was TikTok. Now it's AI. What's next, dude? Like, Oh, uh. Man, this yeah. AI thing is wild. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy. I don't know. I still think it can't replace humans. I've always believed that human creativity is kind of like irreplaceable yeah. because it's unique in the sense of yeah. you can't, human creativity isn't like, oh, this is human creativity and it's a small box. It's like, this is Dan Boy's creativity. This is Aaron's creativity. Like, each of our own creativity is uniquely different and that's almost what makes it human is that every human has a different creativity and so you can't just replace that with ai that is impossible to replace in that sense yeah i mean now right because i feel like ai and music it's not at the point where it's like oh it's amazing it's like it's uh it's, it's okay you know like i've used it it's it's fine it's a tool you know i like um I usually sometimes I'll send demos out and I'll change, you know, AI my voice to like, I don't know, Rihanna or Ariana Grande. <laughs> I'm not a girl. So like, you know, switch my voice up when I send it to an A&R or something, it, it gives them a different vibe, you know, and that's a great tool. But, you know, if you're talking about AI that like is going to like make a song for you, we're not there yet. Like to where it's amazing. Um, it takes out the work. That's the weird thing to me is like, if it becomes too easy, it loses value. Like there yeah. is value, as we said, albums. It goes back to like, hey, there's something about time and effort and energy and and intensity and and the journey of you intentionally wanting to create something beautiful and going through the painstaking process. But if you don't have to do that, it almost doesn't make it special. Like you just were like click and it's like, okay, fine. And then you'll have two lanes of artists. You will have AI artists who use AI and you'll have traditional artists who make their own music. And it almost is two completely separate genres. They're not the same. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that in my lifetime before I die, maybe hopefully not that like AI and robotic music will take over. I'm not sure, but like, yeah, like you're, you know, it's intention. Like the artists that, that I love, you know, are usually very eclectic and unique, you know, and even, even big artists back then, it's like, they were eclectic and unique at that time. That's why they stood out with the hit song. And we're seeing it now that, you know, just because you have a hit song and you were, have this big budget with this label and that label, that doesn't always mean success, like success in music. You need those things, but like, you need to also be quirky and unique, like, you know, 
it, it's just the truth. But yeah, I, I don't know what the future holds for AI and robotics and all that stuff. I, as a tool, it's cool. It's just, I don't know. I feel like music is already getting to a point where it's like so cookie cutter in, in some way. I don't know. Um, it's just, it's weird. Um, I think, you know, it's funny. I think after the the death of like MTV, music has kind of like become less unique in some way. I don't know what, I don't know what it is. Not to say there isn't unique music, there is. I'm just saying on like the mainstream level, um, it's not as diverse as it once was. It's weird. Why do you think that was? I don't know. I think, uh, well, I think MTV had power over people. And now people have the power, right? People have the power to listen to whatever they want. And that's a good thing. But like, you know, I think MTV was the ultimate curator of like what was hot. And then once that was taken away, you allow people to to gather, which is not wrong. But sometimes people don't have great taste. Like I don't have great taste in things that I don't know. And I'm going to assume this is like the best when it's not. I don't know. Maybe that, I don't know. Yeah. I, but I think it's it opened tricky. the, yeah. I don't know. It's also, it opens the, the door for just who has the best marketing. Well, that, well what, that, what does that mean though? That means who has the most money, right? <laughs> I think there's people with great marketing with no money, but like, yeah, I, I just think, uh, again, I'm not trying to be negative, but like, yeah, just times have changed. Like, I don't know what AI and robotics are going to do to music. Like music is already kind of, in a sense, robotic, right? The system, the, the, the industry itself. So I just don't know what that would bring, you know? Yeah. I'm not sure what labels would do with it. Cause you know, they were trying to sue and do this and that, and it's crazy. Well, you might find that people sell the rights to their voice. Yeah. I've been seeing that or selling catalog. A lot of people, a lot of bigger artists are selling catalog now. Which is yeah. also pretty scary. Yeah. Like I, I personally don't like the idea of selling my voice because like I don't control what comes out of my mouth. I don't control what I'm being yeah. used to promote. Like, yeah, that that is weird to me that anyone would feel comfortable with allowing their voice to be used for any purpose. Yeah. Like that's just strange to me. It's like that Black Mirror episode. Did you watch the new season? I didn't, um, but Black Mirror is starting to become scarily life. Yeah, yeah. They basically in that one episode they they were using this character's likeliness and she was on like she had her own show and it was like live. Oh no, no, it wasn't live. Sorry. It was it was her and she was whatever she was doing throughout the day was being like broadcasted on like their their Netflix on in the show and it was like played by other characters. But it was like what she did. It was pretty insane. Yeah. I mean I mean, are we surprised? Like that yeah. really could be be the case. I mean, the metaverse is a thing. Like yeah. all the we're living, we're on the precipice of the world just being very like a completely different world from what it was when I was born, yeah. like thirty years ago. Like yeah. it is just gonna be completely different it's sci-fi like i mean yeah. everything is going to be a video game literally it's all going to be video games i yeah. mean screens holograms i mean they literally have robots like they're developing robots like we're going to have robots in our homes that is going yeah. to be a point there i mean there's going to be a point where we're probably going to integrate even further with technology where we become symbiotic, I just don't see how we don't. The way we carry phones, iPhones, iWatches, yeah. like yeah. it's on us. Why would it not be inbuilt at some point? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, this is like the Matrix shit. I know. I know. And then like this is happening and just, you know, shit around the world. And then I'm like, here, just making music. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I said to my friend the other day, it's like I, I spend 10 minutes on, on Twitter or I spend 10 minutes on TikTok and it's depressing as fuck. And then yeah. I go outside and it's sunny and it's beautiful 
and I can sit yeah. in a cafe and I can yeah. act and I'm just like, I don't know how to reconcile those two things of like the world is completely fucked, but my patch of the world is pleasant and I can, and I'm privileged enough and, and lucky enough to be able to sit down and enjoy the weather. And, and I seem to be like, I should, I should enjoy that. It is a, it is something I should enjoy and I shouldn't be like plagued by the world's problems because there's very little that an individual can do, but like, I don't know, it, it warps your view of the world. It seems. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's always going to be some shit. I mean, you know, um, we can't, we're not, we're not the savior. So it's like, we can't save everything. I mean, the only thing you do is like, yeah, help as much as you can, maybe spread awareness, but like, yeah, dude, Twitter is so toxic. Like I can't, I can't be on Twitter. Like the only time I'm like, I'm on Twitter is I post one thing and I, and I just dip out. <laughs> I just like, you know, I, I don't like, like to stay on this. I, I only mainly focus on like Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. Yeah. Like my three just, yeah. It's so much apps too. It's like, Oh my God. I've been really calibrating my feeds now to like just cooking videos. Cause I'm just oh, like, Oh, oh. for Instagram. Oh, as in TikTok. for, for TikTok, I'm just like, hell yeah. yeah. The watching people cook shit. I'm like, oh, I could get, get that all day. That stuff is yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. the best. Yeah. So satisfying to see how they make yeah. it. Um, and then, yeah. yeah, love that shit. Yeah, man. I think, uh, you know, you're a creative, I'm a creative, like, yeah. Social media is, is our like livelihood, but like, yeah, we got to go out, man. You got to experience life, you know? Like it's, I think podcasting is cool. You're, you're talking into random people and telling your story. They're telling their story, but the sunshine, man, you need the sunshine, you yeah. need the air. Well, I think know? I've got nothing to say unless I live my life. That's exactly. a weird thing. Like I actually have nothing. Yeah. If I'm only on social media, I got nothing to talk about because what yeah. is that? That's not life. That's not experience. So like yeah. when you get out there and you experience things, you're like, oh no, this is what makes this significantly more interesting i'm sure you find the same thing when it comes to making your music is like i need to actually live my life and go outside and see people and talk to people and experience things and it enables the creativity to come out yeah definitely you know i think instagram and tiktok like you know i make content i'll throw it out but like i just honestly i really want to connect with people like i've actually been trying to connect with more people in vietnam so that's why i'm like been on you know and posting and just connecting with friends but like i i try not to do too much like it's yeah it is hard it's like it's on my phone I'm, i have my phone is on me all the time you know but it's a balance yeah that's why it's good to like go to a place where you're not allowed your phone it reminds you like yeah like what place though well <laughs> Well, a while ago, I went to go see Dave Chappelle and they made, like, he came to Australia, like, oh, like damn. How a year was ago. That? So good. He's phenomenal live. Jeff Ross, uh, Darnell oh, Rawlings wow. were there. Uh, honestly, wow. I was so impressed by the show itself, but they made you lock your yeah. phone in, like, a bag, in a, oh, okay. in a pouch. I see, I see. And so it was yeah. like, oh, that's kind of cool. I like that I... Didn't, I wasn't like trying to film shit or that I wasn't trying to take photos. It was just like, hey, you just live in the moment or like when you go to the beach or just even at dinner, like when you're at dinner with somebody, you just should have the rule of like you just don't look at your phone, put it on silent, you just talk. You just enjoy yeah. the experience for what it is. Like I think those things you need to do. Yeah, it's true. I think though, you know, I mean – again teach his own i guess but like yeah overdoing it too much like it's it's i i don't say i used to do that but like you know just like i'm eating this is nice i'm I'm a foodie so like i want to post this or but again man there are people out there who just go out and eat and they film it and then they post it and they go viral and then they get invited to free restaurants like that's also awesome too dude yeah that that don't get me wrong it's it's all awesome you just have to pick at some point like you just yeah, can't do it all. Like you know what I mean. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, I mean, you can try do it all, but then there is yeah. an existence of like, there is a point where, when you do things for benefit, you almost don't just 
enjoy them for the sake of enjoying them. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's a, if there's an ulterior motive, then it's not. But I don't know. There's something about. Yeah, it would just change the way I view my f- my food when I like get a meal and I photo photograph it. Then I have to go back and I have to have a narrative to it and I have to explain it. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah. it's not the same yeah. as me just sitting in a restaurant and ordering and me I just know. enjoying the atmosphere and being with the company and just like, yeah, yeah it's different. It's so funny because it's counter to what you love because you love watching videos on TikTok. That's right. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to hey, do it. To be honest, <laughs> nobody has to do it. I'm just going to enjoy it because people do it. And I've considered doing it myself, like actually doing it. Yeah. But I don't know. There's there's something about it that is that I don't want to take away from myself. There's always almost this part of it that like I like the simplicity of it. And I guess you could still do both. Yeah, there's no yeah. reason you can't. But um, yeah, I don't see a unique lane in it, to be honest. Like I'm struggling to find a niche. Something that you would niche for yourself. Yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. There's a lot of, I think there's a lot of food content and then there's like some that stick out, but dude, I think food content is so, I don't want to say it's the easiest, but I feel like it's the easiest content because people love food, man. We're always hungry. And we're always eating. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is the hardest content to promote? Um, I think genuine self-help. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, I can, yeah, that's, that's pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, only because, and I, and I mean, outside of the, you know, red pill kind of like, you know, inflammatory help. Well, I, what I mean is like genuine self-help of like, hey, let me give you some information that will actually yeah. challenge you. It's not meant to annoy you. It's not meant to get a rise out of you. But it is yeah. just genuine good advice. Yeah, I think um, that's the hardest. Is like just centrist, very simple, clear pieces of advice is difficult to market. What people like is outrageous. They like the emotional roller coaster of stuff. Yeah. And I think if you're just trying to help and just be like in a normal voice, yeah. not really say anything outrageous, but just give good advice, it can. It seems not to go that far. See, I think I think what I've come to realize is all content should be that. Even for me as a musician, I think I can't force anyone to listen to something, right? All I have to do, all I can do is just post a song, maybe I'm performing or whatever and whatever, and that's it. Like I think that is the best content. You know, like I I'm pretty sure you've seen like drop shipping and like yeah. you know huh. click on my link to like it's it's like I think the best way to sell something is not to sell something, which is kind of weird on, on social media. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like the harder I push, the more you push away and the harder I keep a secret to myself, the more you're like, Hey, I want to know the secret. There's something to that in the mentality. I'm like that. Someone's like, Hey, Aaron, there's this fantastic book you should read. I'm like, "Mm, I don't want to read that book. Cause now that you told me about it, there's something about me that's like, stubborn and i like to read books that i don't think many people have read or i like to learn things that not many people know like if if they were like aaron there is a book that every podcaster has read i'd be like i'm not reading that book not interested it doesn't fascinate me because everyone's read it it doesn't make the knowledge unique to me what i want to read is the books that not many people read so that i come in with a unique view yeah and you know it's crazy with on social media like um, you know, there are videos that are edited and filmed like amazingly, but like the most viewed videos are literally just your phone and whatever lighting. And, and it's like crazy. You know, I, I really think people want to connect like on a personal level as much as possible. And then I think for me, that's always been my struggle because I'm. it's hard being myself as a musician and then like having to be like, hey, what's up? Like, blah, blah. But like that, that is actually what I'm striving to do this year. Like, you know, and yeah, that's not easy, you know. Why do you struggle to be yourself? Because I think you're yourself in your music. I think that comes across. <laughs> um, I think this is a good time to, to be myself, but I was just such an angry person. 
such an angry person like yeah and doing kind of like content that's non-angry or whatever was just weird to me it was just like how can i tell people to listen to my music when i'm like the music industry sucks and this, you know so i i just think it takes time man like you know i think people who ha who go viral have literally sat in their bedroom perfected like looking at the camera oh no that was a good take do it again do it again do it like you know i need to to do that why do you not think to say i don't have good content content but i want to be more personable why were you so angry and how did you let it go uh the trauma from you know parents war all that stuff um just i guess the music industry too um I like I you know my first song was like big like for me and so basically my first song how high was like the number one song in Hawaii at the time um on the radio and hit 96 on billboard so like you know from that I had label meetings and blah 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 and you know and then you just kind of learn how the industry is again it, it is what it is it's business you know um just life I don't know I was just such an angry person and, and I was drinking a lot I was, I was drinking a lot and then i stopped drinking i stopped drinking um about summer of 2022 congrats man and yeah i i stopped doing everything cold turkey just like boom so it just took some time and then you know you live re uh, really songs performed like you know like i don't need the things that you think you need in the in a music industry like i think you know the music industry is so such a weird industry because it doesn't have like a clear road for you you know um it's not like you know in the arts like if i'm a painter i paint a picture i could sell that physical form i could do that with music too but like i think the platforms that allow you to like s succeed in let's say visual arts than it is with music is much more um there for you or it's much more it's paved it's like i don't know for music it seems elusive it's like there's always a new app there's always a new thing that you have to do and then the it, the standards change you know what i'm saying like um and you know like you have streaming now and like oh i get 0.004 cents for it's just it's constantly changing and like you know not to say that i need to put my music on spotify or anything like i could sell cds back in the day and back in my trunk like like you know all like all the greats did but like you know just just the the roads keep changing there's no like you know and because of that you get confusion and then you you get you know artists like me like dude i wanted to do music ever since i was like a kid and like you know when you when i turn 18 i'm like in hawaii with no like real you know there's no industry in hawaii it's like how do, how do, how do i do this like you know this is pre-streaming and everything you know um yeah you know god bless social media and stuff but like yeah what's next you know like i guarantee you this year or next year something is going to come out and be like oh tiktok is not as strong anymore it's this is the thing now you know so um i just kind of got to the point like i'm just gonna do as much as i can do it's basically it like release the stuff i want to release and just build you know, reassess every year, build a bit. That, and that to me is a real career. Like I think a lot of artists rush, like newer artists, we rush. We don't, we don't have the, the bricks laid out, the foundation. Like what is a business? Like it's crazy. A lot of us artists do music business without learning the business. We just do the music, right? So I think having your own, whatever business it is and how you make money and then add the music, it, you know, and that I was missing that a lot too because I rushed. I had a number one song in Hawaii, and then I was just like, "Oh, I was living this fantasy." It's like oh, I'm gonna get this label and you know get this pub deal, and but it's like no, slow down. You know, business model. What is your business model that works for you and your music and genre? What you want to do? And I think that that's what I was missing, and I'm to this point now. That was a, that was a long ramble. Sorry, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, the long rambles you get the most from yeah yeah yeah
but that's but, what I'm saying. Like, like a lot of music people like that are coming up on my level and lower, like don't have the business. It's crazy. And it's like, well, what is that? You know? And yeah, it's insane. Well, that's because no one gets into music wanting the, to, to do the business. Like, let's be honest. Like you didn't, you know, you didn't get into music because you wanted to do the music business. You want got into music because you like making music and it's creative. And then all of a sudden you have to deal with contracts and distribution and all this shit. And you're like, man, this sucks. This is the worst part of it all. This is like, this is not what I want to be doing. I personally hate the bureaucracy. Hate it. Drives me mental. So why would anyone, some people like it, I don't know how, but it drives me absolutely insane. Like I get that people go into music not wanting to do paperwork and not wanting to deal with contracts and lawyers and negotiations and like yeah. it sucks when you realize that's not true. It's not possible for you to be able to do that. I mean, it is. You may never make money. You can always be an artist and release music and never see what comes to fruition but you can always do it but it's just like the truth is that you have to do all that shit if you want to make money and be a career yeah. artist yeah honestly i i don't mind doing the you know the contracts and the little splits and all. i i don't mind it i just think like it's so elusive still like you know even if like you write a song for a decently big artist and then you know like and then even deals in music is so elusive there's no like there's no specific number that you know there's no industry standard because that changes right so it's like it's a good and a bad thing you know and then you you hear big writers that don't get paid to like <laughs> just like stuff like that like yeah which is wild wild yeah, that it's I'm wild getting... it's wild yeah. but man you know, you know i I still, even though it's wild and even though there is all those things and even though it remains elusive, I'm looking forward to seeing what you drop in in 2024, man. Like, I think, you know, it's as we speak, it's it's really good to see you enter into like this new, almost a a new story of yourself. Like you're in a new chapter of like, how you've yeah. rediscovered your sound, you're working on an album, like all these things are happening. So it's it's really good to see. Thanks, man. I mean, I only have one more question for you. And I yeah. think I've I've chosen the this is the only question I plan on the show. It's the only question I rehearse. Uh okay. and I think for an album man, this will either be really difficult or really easy. But if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once to oh, get an damn. appreciation of. Doesn't have to be the best album just to appreciate. Can be any genre of music. Cannot be your own music. What would it be? I need a minute. Um, to get a perspective or any perspective? Any perspective. Just, perspective. Just, just an album you think people should appreciate. Just listen to at least okay. once. This is this is gonna be a weird take, but I think people should listen to Brian Eno's album "Music for Airports" because that is technically, I think, that was the first ambient album created. Okay, and um, you know, I think people that listen, people that listen to ambient music, you know, the ambient music is to relax you and sleep or whatever. But like, I think within music theory because uh brian eno wanted to create an album well it's called music for airports because if you think about it when you go into an airport there's always music and then it stops because somebody has to talk over to talk over it and i think he created that album because he wanted some music to happen to keep going and that a person could speak over it and it wouldn't like bother each other and also he thought that why does music have to change and move? Why can't music just kind of like stay still or sound? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is the most random yeah, I know. album ever. I kind of love it though. I kind of love yeah. it as like, there is, that is not the album I would have ever expected. I didn't even know, know. that album existed. Brian, you a legend though. I don't know if you know him. No. 
he's he's his own artist and stuff but like man he's produced for like david bowie did coldplay two of coldplay's biggest albums like he's amazing well there you go uh that is a recommend for the ages um (laughs) yeah for anyone who hasn't listened i'm gonna have to listen to a music uh for the airport um yeah it's in my i'll send it to you i'll send it to you yeah yeah please um but yeah the one and only Dan Boy came through. Thank Man, you. absolute pleasure to have you on the show and great to speak to you. As I said, I'm excited to, to see the way your career continues to develop. And do you have a Thank time you. frame for your album? So I'm dropping two songs this month, um, kind of like right before uh, Valentine's Day. And then uh, another song at the end, end of the month and then another song after that and then my album. I think April. Well, to be honest, by the time this drops, those songs will probably be out, those two songs. Yeah. So yeah. Wh- what are they called? So this month I'm dropping two songs. They're called uh, Sad Boy and Dead Flowers. And the next month um, is Warning. After that is Love Somebody. And then my um, project, which is called Never Ending Unknown. Well, make sure you check them out. Uh, the one and only damn boy. Man, it's going to be a big year. I can I can feel it for you, man. Um, I feel it. <laughs> I feel it. Like the energy, the energy is yeah. ready for for twenty twenty four. But yeah, is there anything else you wanted to shout out? Anything else you wanted to plug? Damn, this podcast is an amazing podcast. <laughs> Hip hop hustle. Thank you, thank you. Um, and yeah, make sure you follow Dan Boy on Instagram, YouTube, um, all the all the platforms. Show him some love and. Yeah, man, we'll have to do this again soon. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.